Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to MPB Think Radio. This is Deep South Dining, and this is Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Malcolm. What's up? Man, it's been a busy week. Uh, you've been busy as a little beaver doing research and sharing lots of stuff with Java and I. you got a lot on your plate, as it were. Yes, I, I had a lot on my plate this weekend. In fact, too much on my plate. How about you? Yeah, well, it happens, you know. But, you know, we're going to talk about barbecue today primarily. But before we get to that, I know you want to talk about tomatoes and particularly okra. Well, I was just thinking after our show last week, I mean, we have been talking so much about vegetables and tomatoes. I'm sure the listeners, you know, think we are tomato addicts. And and we really hadn't touched on okra. And I, I think that's wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> so you intend to write that wrong? I do, I do, because um, I've never really been in this position before, but I was on a waiting list for okra last week at the farmer's market. Oh, boy. Hey, but before we go to okra, we got to put in the Robert St. John quote. Robert oh, St. Oh, John yeah. says, Grow, growing your own tomatoes is the best way of devoting three months of your life to saving $2.17. Thank you, Robert. (laughs) We hear you. You can spend all summer saving a few dollars, but that's not what it's all about, and we know that. Well, how are your maters doing? Coming along. My Creoles are just flowering. Uh, I'm getting lots of uh, little, uh, you know, Tommy Toes, the small ones, the salad tomatoes. So, you know, I've got all I can eat, and then occasionally I go to the farmer's market on a Saturday morning and pick up a few more uh, if I want to make uh, a tomato sauce or a tomato gravy or uh, or have a big tomato salad. But, yeah, Kara uh, made a, a beautiful marinated shrimp salad last night, and she used a lot of these tomatoes that I had gotten uh, at the farmer's market, marinated the onions and the peppers and the tomatoes, and then added the Gulf shrimp. Uh, and made a delicious salad out of that. I actually saw a picture of that salad on our Facebook page, Cooking and Coping. It was amazing. And she posted the recipe. So anybody who's interested in a marinated shrimp salad, uh, you can go to our uh, Facebook page and see the the recipe that Kara uh, posted there. And, And I promise you, you will not be sorry if you make it. So on to okra. Well, as I said, I was on an okra waiting list. There's been an okra shortage, maybe because of all the rain. But luckily, my uh, farmer's market got in 10 bushels on Friday. So I've been having a kind of a mini okra fest. Oh, boy. Well, you posted some stuff uh, on the uh, Facebook page and got a ton of responses. And it was a beautiful image, by the way, that you posted of the okra. Well, I had just cut up some fresh okra, and it was just so beautiful. It was, you know, like art, if you like okra. And so I posted that and asked people the question of, you know, about how they felt about okra and that you and I needed this information for for research. You know, do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you pro-slime, anti-slime? I mean, what's your feeling about okra? And Within several hours, we we have gotten Malcolm over 153 
comments about okra. Now that that's some passion, I would say. Yeah, and I, and I think people either love it or don't. And uh, the slime issue is a separate issue. You know, you can I have dishes where I encourage the slime, like if I'm stewing okra and tomatoes together. And then there are dishes where I'm frying okra where you can discourage the slime by a cooking technique. So if slime is separating you from the from the okra, uh, there are ways uh, to avoid the slime. Personally, uh, I embrace the slime. Well, I, I printed out, actually it turned out to be 13 pages. I didn't mean for it to be that much of comment about okra. And overwhelmingly, uh, this was a pro-okra group. And the more I thought about it, I said, of course it's a pro-okra group. These people are all passionate about cooking. But there were some really, uh, really strong opinions. Um, here is one from Scott Lamb who said, when I was around 10, I refused to eat okra. My parents bribed me with 25 cents to eat it, to at least taste it. After several torturous minutes, I went for it and swallowed it whole. It immediately <laughs> came back up. That cured the whole family. I have never eaten it boiled since. Yeah, well, you know, the, the way I think about it, you know, okra, cucumbers, tomatoes, when I was a kid, I did not like any of those. I remember being, quote, unquote, made to eat a, a fresh tomato and hated it. I remember my first job was picking cucumbers for the Brown Miller Pickle Factory, then the largest pickle factory in the world in Wiggins, Mississippi. And the people that I worked side by side with at lunch break would just sit down under a shade tree and take several of the cucumbers and peel them and whip out salt and pepper from their pocket and dust these cucumbers and eat them. And that would be their lunch. I tried it. I did not like it. Later, now, I adore cucumbers. I adore tomatoes. I adore okra. So <clears throat> there's the ever-evolving palate uh, from, from youth to adulthood. Yes, I, I'm with you on that. And I'm, I'm still I'm just intrigued reading over these okra comments. Here is one from uh, Megan Clapton, who we both know, and she said, we had fried okra as a bar snack at our wedding. Now, that's some okra loving. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people, the new generation, the young people, they, they don't just fry okra, say, with cornmeal and salt and pepper. They, they put all sorts of hot dust and exotic flavors on their okra fried up and, and it has evolved from a side dish uh, of, of our youth to a main course as an appetizer uh, at a lot of restaurants and a lot of parties and a lot of caterers. So the uh, okra is uh, is evolutionary and it is uh, and it's, it's international and its popularity uh, is growing. You know, I remember the primary use of okra as a child was putting a few pods in a pot of peas or beans to thicken the pot liquor. Or, of course, putting it in gumbo to make a thick gumbo. Of course, the word okra is West African for gumbo, and that's how we 
came up uh, with uh, the, the many uses of the exotic okra that we know today. All right, we got uh, Sue from Beaumont on the phone. Sue, what's going on in your part of the world? Well, I, I'm an okra lover, so I had to make this comment that uh, if you have a crudite, the crudite or crudite tray with the little vegetables with a dip in the middle, a, a uh-huh. small pod of okra, as small as your little finger or your index, no longer than your index finger, they're not slimy at all, and you can dip that in any kind of dip. They're crunchy and tasty and just tender crunchy and very delicious raw like that. Yeah, that, that's a great tip. Uh, and, and also pickling okra. You know, we, we talked last week about pickling and preserving. And, man, there's nothing better than a, a pickled okra pod. And particularly uh, for people who love a good Bloody Mary, to stick a, you know, a pod of okra down in your Bloody Mary uh, as a accoutrement. That's got to be just a southern thing. I can't see Bloody Marys with okra in them. Outside the South. I mean, I think we should spread that, but I think that's ours. Well, and you see the pickled green bean a lot too. But but I, uh, I if I were going to drink uh, a Virgin Bloody Mary, I would want an okra pot in it, and not a green bean. All right, we're going to come back after this break. We're going to talk about barbecue. Uh, This is our first break of the day, and when we come back again, just in time for the 4th of July, we're going to be talking about heating up the grill. We're going to be talking pork. We're going to be talking beef, vegetables, seafood. We're going to talk about how to keep your grill happy and your family fed. Join us when when we come back from the break, and we've got two grill masters here, experts, who are going to talk to us about how to make that happen. Do not adjust your dial. You are tuned to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett here. And today we're talking about barbecue with the 4th of July right around the corner. We think it's time to smoke them, grill them, and heat up your charcoal and your wood. And today we have two really special guests. Carol, would you do the honors of introducing our barbecue masters this morning? I certainly will. Uh, First of all, we are going to be talking to Trudy Fisher, who is a lawyer by day and a barbecue and smoke master the rest of the time. And she has been on the show uh, with us before, in fact, was one of the most popular guests we had, uh, judged by the amount of phone calls and and tips people were asking about. Uh, And then uh, when we get started with Trudy, we're going to go to Eddie Wright and – Eddie is of Right Way Barbecue, and you can follow him on Facebook. He has YouTube videos, and he has a lot going on. So, Malcolm, I hope that's enough of an introduction. Oh, absolutely. Trudy, welcome back. And, Eddie, we are so happy to have you this morning. Trudy, we'll start with you. What you been cooking lately? Well, that's, um, you know, the one thing going through these last several months, and us all being smart and staying at home, 
I've been real close to my smoker and a couple of my grills. So they've probably gotten more use over the last uh, three months than they've gotten in a while. So uh, I have got several happy grills around the house and uh, been doing a little bit of everything, you know, chicken, turkey, uh, brisket, pulled pork, Boston butts, a um, few baby back ribs, and even some smoked tuna recently. Yeah, I saw that you had uh, gotten some tuna uh, and had made some of the uh, very famous smoked tuna dip. We want to certainly get that recipe out of you before we, you get off the phone today. Uh, and Malcolm, you know, I'm thinking of all our listeners who love to go to South Alabama and to Florida, and smoked tuna dip is one of the real delicacies down down here. And what I I was loving that Trudy is making this because we can tell everybody how to make their own. They can go um, in the backyard, have a good time, and pretend they're somewhere else. <laughs> well, I would imagine most of our listeners have, have, like Trudy, have been spending a lot more time with their grills and smokers uh, with COVID nineteen quarantines and the stay-at-home orders. I know I've been cooking outside a whole lot more. But anyway, Eddie, tell us what's happening in your world, man. We are so glad to have you on, and we know uh, that you've been competing as well as cooking for the public. Yes, uh, very, very happy to be here. Um, I've been extremely busy as well. Just got done with Swing and Bridge Festival and Barbecue Competition Cook-Off over this past weekend. Uh, 32 teams from across the nation, mostly the South, came and participated, and we had a very good and exhausting weekend. Outside of that, I've just been doing my usual cooking and caterings for the uh, for the days and gearing up for this 4th of July run that's about to happen. Um, the orders are rolling in and just ready to keep people uh, please with amazing barbecue. Barbecue's a bit, it's been a universal conversation starter all across the world for a very long time, and it's just continuing to be that, especially for me. It's just, it's an amazing eye opener. Over the weekend, I was blessed to be able to get an opportunity from, uh, a gentleman who I met who follows me online and follows my content on YouTube and Facebook to, uh, join his Memphis and May cooking team for next year. So. That's all right. Hey, Trudy, you've cooked at Memphis and May, haven't cooked and judged? Yes, that's that's correct. Uh, back in the day, had a had a um, all girl all girls team, the sassy sows, uh, <laughs> sassy sows, and a few good swine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had a good run. And Eddie, I, I wish you the best of luck in that Memphis and May effort next year. It's a lot of fun. The the contest, the camaraderie, the the people you meet, the support, and the friends and the network. It's uh, it, it's hard to beat it. Most definitely. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's been a blast getting to know a lot of people who've been following me, just the, everything I've been doing for the past year within the professional barbecue realm. And it's, I, I had no idea that I had so much reach. It's been very eye-opening, and everybody's been really open arms of, of, of just basically accepting me into the realm. I just, I'm enjoying it. I don't have anything terrible to, I've had no terrible experiences, I'll say that. Well, Eddie, how long have you had uh, your business uh, portion up and running, the uh, right-way right way barbecue? Right. My business portion has only been up and running a year, um, but I've been cooking it around smokes and fires my whole life. I'm a military veteran. Um, part of what we did in the Marines was when you're not 
um, working. We're often doing a lot of things to keep morale up and having fun and enjoying each other's company. So I come from a very large family. So spending a lot of time around smoking fire is something I've done my whole life. But, uh, June 1st last year, I launched this endeavor mainly to be a content creator. Uh, I've been around in the YouTube realm and in the tech realm my entire life. So I wanted to take it a little bit more seriously. Uh, I knew a lot of people who didn't know how to do barbecue and I'd always got questions about how to do X, Y, and Z. So I was like, Hey, what if I just put a few things out there and see if it grabbed hold and the track it's been it's been slow but fun it's it's a it's a long game and I'm I've been invested in everything and for the long game my entire life so I, I don't look for any type of overnight fame and up until today in one year 514 loyal subscribers and climbing and it's just been a lot of fun showing people that through the three T's of temperature technique and time you can do amazing barbecue the right way. Well, Eddie, we hope that you'll do some posts on our Facebook page. We started it back uh, in March when all the quarantine and stuff were going into effect, and it's called Cooking and Coping, Gathering Around the Virtual Table. And Trudy is a great poster. Uh, she has some beautiful stuff, but we hear you when you talk about building it's just the more you connect with people the more they want to connect with you and different posters like you know trudy and we have i guess we're almost up to 1900 now they kind of develop uh, relationships and follow each other so uh take a look at it and, and throw us something out and trudy i'd love to hear what you think about cooking and coping tell you what that it is coping is the uh it was a perfect uh way to describe and, and to title this group because it has made such a difference in the connectivity with strangers all across this country uh, where we've come together and compared recipes and shown pictures it really you know it really made such a difference uh, during this past several months and especially with something that you're sharing with people that love food love to cook and just some new ideas I've learned so much just from the different cooking techniques and ideas that have been posted. So I encourage the listeners uh, to check it out on check it out on Facebook. All right, we're going to go to the phone now. Uh, Bill from Greenwood is calling. Hey, Bill, what's, what's smoking, brother? You there, Bill? Hey, I lost him. All right, let's go to stay in the Delta. Let's go to Charlotte from Cleveland, Mississippi, home of the fighting okra. Yes, and the Grammy Museum. We're proud of that, too. I want to uh, ask if y'all have addressed organic smoking uh, in comparison to traditional smoking and grilling. Uh, my father died from the effects of chemo after stomach cancer, and we learned through his stomach cancer that unnaturally smoked foods are one of the number one causes of stomach and other cancers. So how is that addressed in the grilling and smoking competition world and and for public awareness? Well, Trudy, you got a view on that? You, you're a veteran smoker and griller. You know, I, I, I'm not familiar with, with the background information that the caller just shared with us. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm always, you know, try to be careful when I'm cooking. You're dealing with smoke, you're dealing with charcoal, you're dealing with wood. Um, and so you want to be, you know, mindful of your neighbors when you're grilling. You want to be mindful of your guests you may have at your home. Um, but I'm, I'm really not familiar with that. I mean, it's something that you're either going to 
it, smoke with wood and charcoal or, or you're going to find an alternative cooking technique. And um, I, I'm not, I haven't really had a reason to look into the alternative cooking technique. Yeah, Eddie, have you even heard of this technique, this organic barbecue, organic smoking? I have not. Uh, that is very new to me, but, hey, I am a very lover of new things. So, hey, if it's something out there new I could learn, I'd love to give it a shot if there's more information out there. Okay. Uh, Malcolm, I'm wondering if they're talking about smoking with organic meats. I wonder if that could be what, uh, because what, uh, I can't what think they, of, of uh, – go ahead. What are they, like Kroger, like Kroger sells uh, – organic wood for smoking and it's a total alternative to using charcoal starter and charcoal because those are the two things that even the um fda confirms causes cancer trudy you 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 have thoughts on that well, I, I think I, I know a little bit, maybe I understand a little bit better now the, the comments that you're making, but you do see, you do see now there's a broader variety of the types of cooking fuels, type of woods, the type of charcoals. Uh, there are more pure forms of charcoal with less binders and, and artificial components of the charcoal. You get the pure wood charcoal now. Uh, so you do, you see, and I think it's been interesting to me, Eddie, to see over the last number of years how you've seen a growth in the charcoal industry uh, and refining the the product for the end user. Uh, so that is, there is a market out there for more of the refined charcoal fuels. And I've been thinking, I tell you what, I'm, it's kind of got me thinking about where we headed into the 4th of July weekend and, um, you know, it's we were talking about charcoal and wood, but don't forget about your gas grills. You know, now I'm I'm a purist and I love I love the charcoal, I love the wood. Uh, I've got a gas grill though that I use almost as much as I use my charcoal and my wood uh, for certain type of foods that you prepare. Um, and you know, I wanted to at the right time let's talk about maybe some ideas for this weekend for people in their backyard barbecue. Uh, I recently have been doing a round of shish kebabs. And it's fun for the family. It's something that the you know that children seem to gravitate for toward. And you don't even have to have a charcoal grill. You can do it on on gas, and then you get wonderful flavor uh, as a result of that as well. So don't don't forget about or discount the gas grill uh, cooking as a part of this outdoor grilling as well. All right, we got Bill uh, from Greenwood on the phone. Sorry, we lost you, Bill. Welcome back. Oh, how y'all doing? Uh, uh, there used to be this product that uh, it was pulled pork. You could buy it at the store, and it was from North Carolina. It was really good. It had a good smoky taste, but they don't have it anymore. And, and I've tried several brands, and, it, and the pulled pork doesn't even have a smoky taste. Uh, I even tried Jack Daniels and Corky's. I was wondering, is there something that you can buy at the store that, that has a good smoky taste that's pulled pork? Or something like that. Uh, I, you know, thanks for your question, Bill. I mean, I'm sure there are, uh, you know, pre-cooked uh, products in, in every store. Uh, I think we, our group of people here, are mostly talking about smoking and cooking your own. Uh, Eddie, how do you do uh, your pulled pork? 
Um, I run my pulled pork. Uh, majority of the time, it's either in my pellet griller and my old hickory smoker. Um, but to kind of accent on what he said, um, to think of from it, to think of it from a business standpoint, a lot of consumers don't always understand true smoke flavor. Uh, most of us heavy eaters of smoke proteins and enthusiasts really enjoy a very deep smoke and intense flavor with meats. So on the in the long game, most consum- most um, companies are not gonna create a very deeply smoked product because it won't always be understood as what they're trying to get across. So they go for the safest product possible to give to the end user that's most enjoyable. All right. Well, we appreciate the callers, and uh, certainly we are enjoying having a robust conversation about smoking and grilling. Uh, We're going to take a break right now, and uh, when we come back, we will continue talking grilling, smoking, and all things barbecue. If you have questions, uh, feel free to give us a call. We we have two experts here, Trudy Fisher and Eddie Wright. Both are very open to sharing tips uh, and techniques and temperatures. So if you have a question about barbecuing, smoking, grilling, stay tuned. Action will send you that good old southern barbecue. We'll be singing high and low. We'll be rocking to and fro. Put your hand on the radio and join us at Deep South Dining here. Carol Puckett, Malcolm White, two great guests today, Trudy Fisher of True Q Barbecue, Mr. Eddie Wright of Right Way Barbecue. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, y'all. Just before the break, we barely touched on shish kebabs and Trudy uh we want to dig a little deeper into that I know at my house we cook a lot of shish kebabs chicken pork uh, a lot of vegetable and even some fruit shish kebabs so talk a little bit more in depth about that and Eddie if you would chime in as well sure um you know I have found that it's it is something that is a crowd pleaser uh for all ages and it's something you can prepare ahead you can have it prepared for ahead of time and, you know, and it's the vegetables. So many times you're going to have people that, you know, don't want to eat beef. They don't want to eat chicken and they just want the vegetables. So uh, it's something that is really such a crowd pleaser. And a few tips that I've learned is, you know, you, to marinate your meat. I think, you know, Eddie, you would agree. I mean, even, no matter what cut of meat or how you're cooking it, seasoning and marinating your meat ahead of time is so important. And especially if you're doing the fish kebabs because they don't cook as long as other typical cuts of meat. Uh, but what I found is, you know, if you make your cuts of meat, whatever protein you're using, whether it's chicken or beef, and then your vegetables, you cut them uniformly uh, and then place them on a skewer, either metal skewers or bamboo skewers. Uh, and you know, another another secret is to always have something to baste your shish kebab with as they're grilling. You want to cook it on a medium to medium high temperature on your grill, either charcoal or gas. You typically want to be able to kind of put your hand, just barely put your hand above the cooking surface and, and it feel hot to your hand, but it doesn't feel so hot that you like jerk your hand back. That's going to be about a 275 to 300 degree temperature. And uh, that's a really good temperature for your shish kebabs. And um, I found that Marinating with Paul Newman's, just Paul Newman's classic oil and vinegar 
is a great marinade to use for your shish kebabs. And, you know, I, I have a lot of fun going to the farmer's market. You know, go to wherever you get your vegetables, whether it's in your backyard, in your garden, or whatever farmer's market you enjoy. Just load up with some zucchini, some squash, um, mushrooms, different vegetables. And, um, and it's enjoy putting it together. And, uh, and it really is. I always enjoy watching the younger, the younger kids, uh, enjoy the shish kebabs. And I hey. come across this sauce, um, to kind of finish off chicken kebabs. Uh, at the farmer's market, there's a great local sauce, uh, already done, D-U-N-N-E, already done sauce. And it's kind of advertised to be great on everything. And I thought, well, anybody that says that, I got to give it a try. And, uh, and it is, it is pretty much great on everything. And, uh, that's become one of my, uh, one of my finds over the last several weeks, uh, to use in grilling different meats. Hey, Trudy, uh, before we move on, tell us what a fire wire is for shish kebabs. Sure. Um, so many times you, if you're cooking mushrooms or tomatoes or certain type vegetables, either take longer or shorter period of time to cook. So you'll find that you want to cook them all on one skewer. Well, there's fire wire, which is basically it's a it's a wire skewer that you use that is longer than your traditional bamboo skewers or metal skewers that you can that you find in your grocery stores. And you can make more use of the room you have on your grill because with it being wire, you can make it in a semicircle and use all the space on your grill. And it holds more, it'll hold more meat and hold more vegetables than your traditional skewer. Uh, much more flexible to work with. And for any of you that are looking for unique gifts, listeners that are looking for unique gifts, uh, for, uh, barbecue lovers, grill lovers in your family, um, uh, they have them at Grills of Mississippi and Ridgeland, Mississippi. Uh, and it's just a great, it's a great little tool for shish kebab. Eddie, I see you nodding your head there. Yeah, firewire was a that was a very interesting element. I've seen them, but never uh, actually knew what the name of them was. So it's finally great to put an uh, actual name to the actual cooking device. Um, and just like Trudy uh, was saying, um, technique, temperature, time, the three Ts are key in all cooking. Uh, the most important with being marinating and basting. Um, I love shish kebabs. They're always great and easy, and they're fun. They're fun to eat. Um, those along and as well with casseroles. I like to do casseroles on cookouts. They take a little bit more time, but they're also the all-in-one great dish. And you can go as far or as simple as you want with casseroles. I make a smoked taters hot casserole that's pretty awesome that always gets a lot of rave reviews. Oh, please. So. Wait a minute. Back it up. Back oh, it up. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about the tater tot casserole. Okay, I have this dish that I made called a smoked tater tot casserole. Um, you can make it with your favorite protein, whether it be beef, turkey, bison, or bison, minus turkey. Uh, we do a little turkey, a little rosemary, our favorite rubs, um, which is right now Alamo dust and a little bit of black pepper. Sprinkle a little bit of rosemary in there. We brown that up, add cream cheese, cream of bacon, cream of chicken, mix it all together, add a little bit of chicken stock or beef stock, depending on how wild you want to get. Then we let that stir. We let that roux mix together and bind together real good. Then we start to smoke tots in a pan. Then we combine the tots. On the, we put the, the roux on the bottom layer. We put the tots on the top layer. We smoke that entire thing. Then we add about two to three cups of cheese over the top of that, and we smoke the entire pan. Woo! And that is a carb lover's dream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we go to our next break, I'm going to just call out a, uh, a topic here and ask each of you to make a few comments. Brisket. 
Talk about brisket, Trudy. Ah, love it. One of my favorite cuts of meat to cook and um, working from home, being at home over the last several months, uh, been able to find uh, brisket points at McLean's uh, off of Highway 25 on Hollybush Road had brisket cuts. So I've used this time to really kind of um, practice and perfect the brisket cooking technique. Matter of fact, it's probably probably going to cook a whole brisket this Saturday for the 4th of July. Uh, brisket is, it's, um, it can be intimidating and you do have to have a smoker for a brisket, you know, because it takes, you know, if you're looking at 10, 10 hours, 12 hours of cook time on your brisket. But, um, you know, I keep it simple with my brisket. Uh, use, uh, salt and pepper. Uh, there's a, um, I've, I've gotten turned on to this wonderful seasoning called garlic junkie, which is a, a thick, coarse uh, combination of different garlics and garlic salts and pepper. And, um, you know, season up your brisket overnight and put it in the smoker and blow and slow, 250 degrees. Um, Eddie, I'm a lover of pecan and oak. Uh, kind of use what you have around here. You know, you have a lot of pecan, you have a lot of oak. And um, put it on there and just let it get happy. I Eddie, what, what about ribs, Eddie? Uh, ribs is the ultimate um, party goers dish. It's usually the first dish to leave the cookout whenever wherever you go. Um, ribs, St. Louis style, are one of my most favorite things to do. Um, no extra marinade needed. Really, just two twenty two forty five to two sixty five range um, over pecan. And I run mines in an old hickory right now. And every slab, I can usually do it if I'm in a rush three hours or if I want to take my time three to five. And it's not fall off the bone amazing, but it has the right pull. And I'm one of those type of guys, I practice like I compete. So I try not to overcook any of my ribs so that when I'm going to competition, you're getting the same consistency as I give my consumers. And it's very enjoyable. Hmm. Trudy, what about chicken? Chicken, uh, I, grill, I grill more chicken than I smoke chicken. Um, I love grilled chicken. Uh, but I do, I smoke turkeys, kind of what I, just to smoke a turkey more than, uh, uh, than grilled chickens. I do enjoy doing, um, the grilled chicken legs, uh, with the already done sauce that I've already mentioned. It's like, it's phenomenal to finish out chicken wings and chicken legs with. All right. We got a caller on the phone. Uh, I don't have a name, but who is it? Will from Fulton, Mississippi. Hey, Will, what's up? Hey, so I've been grilling in amateur competitions for about 10 years, and uh, I had a chance to do a whole hog down at Mississippi State on Super Saturday. Never done that before. Got so excited over it. Went and found uh, a place uh, close and wound up winning the trophy. Um, you know, wow. So, yeah, yeah. So for, I had some old timers I grew up around that did the pig in the ground with all the, you know, the traditional spices and stuff like that, and. Um, there was a group of us went down there and uh, processed it. 22 hours later, we had uh, we had probably the best we ever did. But you know, we do our own rub from scratch, smoke paprika, stuff like that. Drive drive your wife crazy, kind of mad scientist stuff, you know. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think uh, you know I would I have a base and then I would add to it smoke paprika and try to get the freshest stuff and went in there with. Uh, with mason jars full of what we made and uh, pumped it full of, we probably had two gallons of uh, two gallons of injectable uh, apple juice with pork bouillon and everything else, and it, it came out extremely well. And uh, you know, what we were surprised as anybody when we beat out 
you know, people with $10,000 rigs and stuff like that. And, uh, so we did that in some competitions in Alabama where we would go and it would always be just like this, uh, crazy, uh, atmosphere, like five, five, uh, categories at once or something, you know, and, you know, no way we should have done well at all, but, you know, we, we wind up with, with something, you know, a trophy or something, you know, just because of our, just because of practicing all the time. So. Well, congratulations, Will, and uh, thanks for listening, and certainly thanks for calling. Uh, Eddie, what about the whole hog? Uh, the old hog is one of the most intimidating things I've ever seen. I have not yet done one on my own, but I'm looking forward to actually crossing that line. I've done every other major protein that I need to know for competition. But um, whole hog is one of those things that when you do it, and just like the caller said, you do it right, uh, you can you can shock some people. Sometimes you'll you'll end up on that pedestal and get that name call where you're not even expecting it. So you bring in something different to the table, and it's basically just mastering what you know. Sometimes people get into competition realm and they just want to stick to what they feel like the judges are going to want to taste but sometimes you get that that wild card that goes in there and does does what they love to do and you wow the judges and it can be anybody's day anybody time all right it's time for a break this is our last break of the hour and we'll be right back with trudy uh and and carol of course and eddie and java and we appreciate uh, our listeners uh, joining us today we'll talk a little bit about our cooking and coping but mostly we're going to talk about barbecue here at the end this is deep south dining on mpb think radio Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. You're tuned to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett, our very special guest today, Trudy Fisher and Eddie Wright. Carol, sauce or no sauce? Sauce, Malcolm. And I like all kind of sauces. I, I sure like that South Carolina mustard sauce. I like the North Carolina vinegar sauce. But my favorite is just our old Southern Memphis-style sauce. Mm-hmm. Trudy? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I love it all. Uh, and it depends on a lot of times, you know, who you're serving, you know, who you're serving and, and what your audience or your customers or your guests, what you think they like. Uh, I certainly know what sauce to get Carol to serve you, uh, since we've <laughs> talked about it now several times. And, um, and it's fun, it's fun to play around with the sauces. And I'll, um, I'll send in a recipe that I have that's a basic, it starts off, it's a basic North Carolina sauce recipe that's real easy but you can add to it and you can add different components and turn it into a Memphis style Kansas City style uh, South Carolina style mustard based sauce and uh, so I'll send that in if you want to post that on the website for the viewers because it's something that everybody's going to have pretty much in your pantry anyway uh, well and Trudy it's, let's it's talk a, about trying to true barbecue sauce well, for, for people who don't know, let's kind of, let's kind of go through like, uh, North Carolina is what? Tomato and vinegar. And Eddie, you jump in here too. Okay. Uh, South Carolina, uh, is a mustard sauce. 
Mm-hmm. And what about Alabama white sauce? I've heard of that. I've never had it. Uh, Alabama, Alabama white sauce is a mayo-based sauce. Uh, it's mayo, uh, a little bit of vinegar, and they kind of dilute it from there. Um, it's a pretty cool sauce to use. Me, personally, I'm more of an all-smoke, no-sauce kind of guy. I, I love sauces. I love being creative with them, but there's a lot of, of, lot of work in flavor profiling without sauce that sometimes, I, me personally, I don't want to um, lose, and I want the consumer to, hey, enjoy this as it is before you go decorating it with sauce because there's a lot of amazing in it without the sauce so we can't always we can't never forget the the element of what good pecan good oak or good mesquite does now what about basting eddie you say you know you let the 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 flavors do the talking do you Mm -hmm. baste while while you're smoking I do not, depending on um, what I'm doing, but majority of the time I don't. If I'm doing a brisket, I may baste, uh, depending on how I feel, but that's the only thing. Um, when you're going in at the right temperature and you're taking the right time and you're using the correct wood, fresh logs, whole logs, or sometimes a mix of colon logs, there's a lot that's going on within that smoke that you just don't want to to to, to infect with. And I say, hate to say infect, you, you don't want to kill it with basting. Now, basting is good. It adds an extra layer of flavor profiling. But, again, I've been – and I'm, I'm not a traditionalist, but I'm just more of a – I want you to focus so much on the smoke and the, the flavor profile that you're getting that if I add anything else toward the end, I feel like it may overkill it. And well, I could, if I could add on the – like from the this weekend coming up and, and everybody, so many people, and they're using their grills more than, than before, more of your backyard uh, barbecuer. Uh, one one tip to keep on hand is just a spray bottle. A lot of times your temperature can get a little hot on you if you're not careful, and your meats can kind of start to dry out uh, faster than they're getting done. So I keep a spray bottle of apple juice and just a touch of apple cider apple cider vinegar. And then and I, when I check my meat, and even if it's on the grill, if I'm grilling or smoking, you can just spritz it, spritz it, spray it with this apple juice apple cider vinegar mixture and it keeps the meat moist and then it adds a good bark or crust to form on the outside so that that's a possible that's a good tip for for our backyard barbecuers and smokers sounds good and now come i I really hate that we're bringing up the sauce or the no sauce question right at the end of the show because i think this could become another hot topic along with Dukes versus Hellman. <laughs> uh, we talked about, uh, you know, we talked about uh, okra slime versus no slime. There are a lot of strong opinions out there of sauce versus no sauce. It re- they really are, Carol, and that's why a lot of times we try to leave it to your choice. It's there. Right. We use it, Eddie, just like you were saying. Um, and I tell you what, going back to the okra, but I think sauce could be a whole show on the sauce versus no sauce and the types of sauce. Uh, but okra, you know, you were, you were let in with us talking about okra. Grilled okra is some of the best, best way to cook okra. It's the right, it's a perfect combination of crunchy and slime. You know, it is just, it's, it's, it's wonderful grill and I uh, highly recommend it if anybody's got fresh okra coming up over this weekend. Uh, do you put a dust on it, a dusting of something or, or what? I, I, I dust it with, you know, salt and crack, you know, fresh cracked pepper. But a lot of times you don't, it doesn't get very far off the grill before it's eaten. It's, it's really okay. Like do you toss it in olive oil or some kind of oil beforehand or just put it straight up there? Right on the grill. Put yeah. it straight on the grill. It's and, full of liquid, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Eddie, what about fruits and vegetables? You, you, you do a lot of catering. Uh, do you, yes. you end up doing a lot of fruits and vegetables on the grill? 
Believe it or not, I do not. I am very terrified to put anything other than pineapple on my grill because I'm just a pineapple freak. I love to cook pineapple. I will put it on anything, pizza, chicken, whatever. So other than pineapple, I don't see a need for anything else on the grill in the lines of fruit. But that's just me. Um, I've seen a lot of people experiment with different things like cherries. Um, I like to do a peach crown barbecue sauce. That's pretty awesome. It takes a long time to cure, but it's really awesome when it's done right. So a few things things in the fruit side I use in different ways. Yeah. Well, one thing I would say, I, one quick suggestion, Eddie, for you and for the viewers, you know, we've got fresh peaches coming in this week and they are, they are in abundance this year. It looks like it's a great peach crop. It's hard to be getting, you know, getting a peach hash and uh, brushing it with a little butter, a little oil and putting it down on that grill, getting you some good char marks and then turning it over. And then you can put in that peach, whatever you want to, you can put, you know, a little bit of goat cheese, balsamic vinegar, some fresh basil, or you can go more of the sweet and do more of whipped cream and ice cream uh, in a serving dish. But mm-hmm. uh, those grilled peaches, I highly recommend it for uh, for every all the listeners who's going to be out there wanting to do, maybe do something a little different uh, this Fourth of July weekend. Well, Trudy, you sent us a recipe uh, for Bobby Flay's grilled peaches. And I'm going to pass that along to Java, and we'll put that up along with your smoked tuna dip. Yeah. And yeah, something I like. And I always think, think about, it's like, do what you like. You know, right. if this recipe, you, you want different seasonings, just use it for the basic cooking technique and just, you know, make it, make it the way you like it. That's the beauty of backyard barbecue. And I like to make grilled peach ice cream. Have you ever tried that, Trudy? No, I have not done. I do peach ice cream, but not grilled peach ice cream. Delicious. You get that little char smoke on that fruit and make that ice cream. It's it's outrageous. Um, Eddie, you a big ice cream maker? Not maker, but consumer. Enjoy it (laughs) way too much. Cookies and cream, cookie dough, anything with cookies in it, I'm consuming it. And I get a little crazy sometimes. I take a little bit of picking and grilling's um, smoked buttery pecan rub, and you can actually put that on ice cream as a topper, and it is freaking amazing. Yeah, Carol. Eddie, before we get up, please tell people how to follow you. Okay, um, you can follow me on all social media outlets at Eddie Wright BBQ. Um, on YouTube, please most definitely follow me at Eddie Wright BBQ Official. Um, from Facebook to Instagram, everything's the same. How to's, recipes. I do vlogs at least twice a week to show you everything that I, a lot of what I have going on, growth and ideas. And I like to do spice hauls every month where I get spices from different places and I talk about how they taste, the color and everything else. Give people a deeper understanding of rubs and how everything looks. Well, we appreciate all of you tuning in today, particularly to those who call. Thanks to Eddie Wright. Uh, Thank you for your service, Eddie, and thanks for being on uh, the show. And, Trudy, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, We'll have you back. You are uh, quite an expert. Carol, Java, thank you very much. This is Deep South Dining, a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Stink Radio. We're funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. Carol and I appreciate Trudy Fisher and Eddie Wright joining us today. Enjoy your 4th of July. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.